0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Whew. Well, party people, you ready? <laughs> I am charged today. I really am. I just came off of fun wedding. That's always fun because it's like you just see God do stuff. And Deb and I turned 34 yesterday. Don't we look awesome for 34? (laughs) Yes. So cool. But I got to tell you about Bubba. Bubba was in the service and it finally came to an end. And the pastor was at the, the back of the auditorium shaking hands as people were leaving. And, uh, as Bubba was leaving, the pastor reached out, grabbed him by the hand, and kind of pulled him aside and said, Bubba, I want you in the Lord's army. And Bubba says, I am in the Lord's army. The pastor kind of looked at him and said, hmm. He said, Bubba, help me understand that. Because I, I kind of only see you here occasionally, and yeah, on Christmas, and yeah, on Easter. I want you in the Lord's army, Bubba. And Bubba kind of leaned in real slow and just said, Pastor, I'm in the secret service. It's Father's Day. It's got to be bad dad jokes or it just wouldn't be. (laughs) Now today, it's like as we look at Philippians, we're continuing on in our series, All In With Jesus. And we're going to say, what does the evidence show? (sighs) Whenever I talk about um, how we live as Christians... I don't want you to hear it's about adding certain behavior. Okay? Because sometimes we can get caught up in just, okay, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do. I don't want you to hear that today. I want you to hear, okay, this is who I am as a Christian. And this is how I live as a Christian. And it's, it's a heart thing and it's a relationship thing and it's a part of who you are not just some things you do. And it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in the do of Christian living. Ugh! I would rather have you have a vibrant, deep relationship with the Lord and and understand that than just be super busy doing Christian things. Because I'll tell you, that will burn you out, that will wear you out, and you'll go, This Christian life stuff is just, ugh. So as we look today, be looking to hear from God. Be looking to connect with God. Don't hear, oh, i got to start doing a bunch of Christian stuff. Please don't hear that. So, we're going, like I said, we're going to be Philippians. Uh, we're still in chapter 1. We're going to finish chapter 1 today. That's page 1349 if you're using the Bibles that are in the chairs there. Otherwise, you can turn to Philippians 1 in your own copy of the Word. And we will read that and we will plunge right in. All in with Jesus. What does the evidence show? Philippians 1, verses 27 to 30. Please follow along as I read. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. For to you, It has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Pray with me one more time. Father, as we come before you this morning, help us to really connect with this text. Help us to hear from you in a way that is true and vibrant And meaningful. Lord, we ask that you will remove every other possible distraction around us so that we can focus in on hearing from you today. And it's in your name we do pray. Amen. It's interesting, I I tried to kind of think about Paul and his mindset writing this to the Philippians and kind of what he was trying to accomplish. And, you know, Paul was this Jew of the Jews, and he was this ultimate person, and he was doing the life. And then he came to Christ. And you see the change in his heart. You see the change in his attitude. You see all of these changes that took place in his life, and now he's trying to communicate them to people who weren't Jews and needed to kind of do some catch-up and understand what that's like to live a different life. And it's, you know, I, I liken it to that of being a pastor. I know Walt and I, our hearts are so much for you. We are praying for the body all the time. We are concerned about what's going on in your lives. When trials and troubles and bumps come along, we are diligent to pray because so many times the things that happen in our world can derail us. And our heart is to see you thrive. Our heart is to see you do well. And I can't help but think that's where Paul was at. With the Philippians. Wanting to see them do good. Wanting them to to understand who God was. And to really connect with the Lord. Because I'll tell you, in my experience, the closer I get to God, the closer I get to living the way he wants me to live, the better it is. Not easier. Not easier. But better. Better because I understand his presence, I understand what he's doing, I understand that, you know what, he can use every single thing in my life to honor him, to glorify him, and for my good. Even the bad stuff, even the hard stuff, even the cruddy stuff, God can do that. Now, the first couple of verses here, I want to kind of highlight the fact that we have attributes, not labels. Okay, things that should be part of who we are, not just labels. I'm a Christian who does this. I'm a Christian who does that. I'm did, 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 did. no. These sh- we should have attributes that this is who I am in Christ. This is how I live in Christ because I have Him. And if we go back to verse 27 here, it says, "Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ." And so, one of these attributes, I'm going to coin a whole bunch of words today, so. Just bear with me with that. But we need to live like heavenites. Like, what? You know, a lot of us are Worcesterites or Suttonites or whatever. But we need to live like heavenites. heavenites, Because this word, only let your conduct, really brings with it to behave like a citizen. We should be bringing Christian life, Christian citizenship. There we go. That's a tongue twister. Here. Because we're challenged to be in the world and not of the world So what are we supposed to do while we're doing that? Live like heavenites. Now, you know, it's interesting. We've had a lot of people come in from different places, and it's like, it's been awesome. You know, it's when Sergey and uh, Amanda came, it's like we got opened up to this whole world of Russian cuisine and thinking and stuff like that. It was very, very cool. Stuff that we never saw before, whatever. We need to do that with heaven to the world around us. Open them up to what it means to live like a believer. What it looks like to be a believer. And the thing is, is if we just get focused on blending in or just being like the world around us, which is very easy to do. Right? Because we're we're living here, we're around here. It's easy to just kind of do life like everyone else is doing it around us. But we have to be mindful You know, and I was reminded, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are to look different. And again, not crazy. Not like the media portrays Christians. Not like some of the movie industries portray Christians. It's like, that's insane stuff. No, we should be different in such a way where it's like, To me, I have experienced that when we are acting like Christ, that draws people to you. Because it's Christ they're drawn to. Not so much us, but it's Christ. The heart of Christ, the mind of Christ, the compassion of Christ, all of those things. And so it's like we have this great opportunity to be involved with the world around us in a way that is helpful. And it's introducing them to what... what heaven could possibly look like. Our body here should be a direct reflection of that. Because part of this is understanding the cost of your citizenship. Right? It says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And that's like acting appropriately, living appropriately. Things that should be part of a Christian's life should be part of our life. Things that shouldn't, shouldn't be. And again, not because it's just some kind of crazy rule, but because God knows what's going to produce the best possible environment for us. It's who you are, even when no one's looking, that becomes very important. Because that proves who you really are. Because if we just do it for church, or if we just do it for the world around us, it's really just an act. Now, I'm not saying don't act Christian out in public, but it's like, it's, it's more meaningful to when all of that comes from a heart of understanding what Christ did to purchase the freedom that we have in Christ. And, some, and that is, I'll tell you, that's easy to forget on a Monday morning when you're wiped out from a crazy weekend. And you just want to get to work and make it through the day. I get it. But if we can get to a place in our relationship with God, that it's, it's that dynamic where it's like, Lord, every day matters. Every day has value. Every day there's something going on. And not that we have to be so busy, but we just have to learn to be Christian. Be us. And that's the thing. It's like, don't look around to figure out how you're supposed to live the Christian life. Look up. Because it's like, we're not to be like every single person around us. Yeah, we're supposed to have similar beliefs and understanding and things like that. But God has designed us so specifically. And he wants us to thrive in all of that passion that he's knit into our hearts. And part of that comes with the next part here. It's like, you know, unified by the Spirit. Persevering. All equally led of the Spirit. That whole idea of standing fast. Persevering. Again, First 1 Corinthians 1558, it says, "Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain." And see so here's one of those things where it's like this unified spirit is really not so much talking about us being unified with God, but us being unified with one another. See, that's where the the cool part of iron sharpening iron comes into play, because it's like when we're all pulling in the same direction and we're all moving in the same direction, we can make sure people aren't lost through the cracks, we can make sure that people aren't falling behind and just getting overwhelmed by the world, because we're all pulling in the same direction, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. It's going to look different, it's going to feel different for every single one of us. But to know we're all moving in the same direction helps. Because it's like when we start talking about different things and how God's working in our lives and what's going on, and we start to hear, oh, they're experiencing that same thing I am. Oh, so are they. And you can start to pray and grow and learn from each other. Because I'll tell you the worst thing to be is an isolated, lonely Christian. You're at risk major risk we are built for community we are built to strive together we are built for oneness and part of the Philippians here it's like Paul's trying to say come together come into one and not only that work together because I'll tell you sometimes it's like there's there can be things going on where it's like there's group, group 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 and everybody's kind of doing their own thing and everybody's recreating the wheel and it's a lot of work Where if we would learn to kind of pool all that stuff together and focus all of our energy in one direction, guess what? Christian living becomes a joy. Christian living becomes fun. Christian living is sometimes right on the edge going, I don't know how this is going to happen, but we're praying, and oh, we're going to see what God's going to do. And I love to live there. I'm sorry. Maybe you don't. But it's like when I see God working and when I see things happening, I get addicted to that, and I want to see more, and I want to see more, and I want to see more, and I want to see more. Because life here on this planet can be boring, can be challenging, can be overwhelming as well. We should be striving to see others, hear about the Lord, and come to Him in repentance and salvation. We have to remember that there is a huge unsaved world out there. And instead of getting frustrated with the world around us, we need to start developing eyes of compassion. The very people who frustrate us, the very people who we get mad at, the very people who like rub us the wrong way. Chances are they don't know our savior. Chances are they are so drowning in whatever's going on in their life that that's the best they can muster up. And so instead of getting mad and upset and ugh, turn that into compassion. How can we minister p- to people around us? How can we share the gospel? How can we share what we have? Think about it. We're supposed to have the best gift you can possibly have. We need to learn how to share that creatively. We need to learn how to share that in any situation. And again, I don't want to pile on work, work, work. Don't hear that. To me, I want you to get so close to God that you can't help but reflect it just by being you. You. And I believe that's what Paul's trying to tell us here. You know, I think sometimes we work so hard at being Christian that we hate it. It's like, oh, this Christian life is hard. Oh, this Christian life is this. Oh, this Christian life is that. Oh, I hear that from people. My heart breaks because it's like, that's not my experience with Christian living. Yeah, there's challenges. Yeah, there's ups and downs, but it's like, God's always with me. God's showing me things. God's turning these crazy situations into unbelievable works of his ministry unreal and that's where I want every person in this room to be where it's like God is so real so vibrant so much a part of your day that it's like hey you know it's like it's challenging but God's with me and we're we're knocking it out of the park today that's where I want everybody to be because it's an awesome place to live faith-induced stability One mind. You know, James tells us a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, right? So we need to have one mind. And I think when we try to play kind of the, you know, living in the world and not of the world, we can get lost. And just trying to blend in. And not trying to stand out. And I think that's what we're called to do. Is stand out. And again, not in a crazy, you know, you're a nutcase kind of way. But in a, wow, you have something I want. Wow, the way life interacts with you is different. Wow, help me understand why those things don't blow you out of the water. And one mind, again, challenging. We need to be challenging one another, growing one another in this way, where it's like, as life, I mean, we we all take hits every week. I get it. And sometimes it's like, it's hit after hit after hit after hit. And you come in on a Sunday morning and you're like, I am beat up. I am really wounded. I am knocked down. And we have to be sensitive to, like, be able to see that happening here so that we can encourage, we can lift up, we can grow. It's like, I'm going to call somebody out on that because they minister to me and probably don't even realize it. And fees... Always looking to serve. Always looking to help. It's just a blessing, let me tell you. So cool. And she's like a ninja. She comes in stealth during the week, does stuff, and it's it's amazing. I was like, oh, Ann must have been here. Some stuff has gotten changed. <laughs> but it's a blessing, nonetheless. And it's so cool to see and happen and experience. But let me ask you, do you trust the word? of God, do you take this book, do you look at it and understand it in a way where it's like, okay, I'm aligning to this. I'm not saying you're being perfect. I'm not saying it's like, you know, you're, you're in this every second of the day. But what you know, you're living. Whatever level that is, whatever place that is, wherever you're at in your journey with the Lord. If you believe it, you should be living it. Because it's like, if we just say we know a bunch of Christian stuff, it's, you know, it's like I know rocket science. If I'm not doing anything with it, do I really? Is it helpful? Is it beneficial? You know, we're, we're called to bring this stuff into being into who we are. We're called to bring this stuff into living out what God wants us to do. Um, I'll tell you, the more Study I do right now with what's happening with our, our younger generation, they are fear ridden individuals because of just the messaging that's going on all around us. I mean, it's fear, 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 fear. The world is blowing up, and you know, all is well. And you know, what used to be, I mean, I remember growing up, I don't know about you, but and, you know, America was the best country on the planet, and this is where we wanted to live, and everybody wanted to live here too, and there's so much opportunity, and it's so good, and it's like. Some of the messaging about where we live now is like, or what the kids are getting. It's just like, you know, it's this horrible place. And it's like, it's developing this whole mindset of fear and anxiety and it's like, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because it's like, anxiety and stress in children should not be a thing. You know, do you remember when you know our biggest thing was how how long is it till Christmas? <laughs> you know, remember those days? I I miss those days. My birthday. How many more days till my birthday? But being faith-minded, it's, it's not a letting, no, okay, not a let, I'll get it out, I promise you. Not allowing fear to dictate your thinking because fear is the opposite of faith if we, if we operate in fear we are going to be more stressed we are going to be more anxious but if we operate in faith again it's it's one of those things where faith it's trusting in something bigger than us You know. The one phrase in our song, right? You can move the mountains, and we think, eh, that doesn't happen. But he can. He can if it needs to happen. And clearly, it obviously doesn't need to happen because <laughs> he's not doing that today, not doing that right now. But as well as faith-mindedness, we need to have gospel-mindedness, not bondage. I see people live in this bondage today, Christians alike, that just say, I have to do this, I have to do that. And they, get, they kind of put on all of this stuff that they think they have to do. And it just breaks my heart because a have to do Christian live life is overwhelming. It's work, it's stressful. But when you realize that you are free The gospel has set you free from a whole lot of stuff. That becomes a great life. We are free because of Christ, despite our circumstances. I mean, so often I am reminded of Christ's prayer in the garden where it's like, Father, if there's any other way, but not my will, yours be done. I mean, I've been in those places where I feel like that. It's just like, isn't there any other way to get through this? But I've got to be open. I've got to trust that whatever's going on in my life, God knows what's going on. God knows what it's going to do. And I just have to be Christian and go through it with him. And that's the cool part is we don't go through these things alone. He's with us. Always. We have to be reminded too. Back up in verse 12, it says, "I want to know, brothers, that what has happened to me. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel." Again, Paul was right. He was in prison when he wrote this, and he's like, "He was all about, hey, this is advancing the gospel. Christ is being preached. Things are being happening. Hap- things are happening." And that's what we have to, you know, we have to get past the initial shock (laughs) of some of the circumstances that we kind of come into. Because sometimes we get so caught up in the circumstance and what's happening that it's like we forget God's with us and God's in control and there's sovereignty involved and it's like we just, uh, we're focused on this, this problem. And when we can like kind of let that fall and go, okay, God, this has not taken God by surprise. It's a far better place to live. Do you see yourself as an ambassador for Christ in his kingdom? That whole citizen mindset? The world needs to see him. Jesus in us. Because that's what's going to draw others unto him. Do you understand your role in the body of Christ in relationship to being brothers and sisters? Christ's. Brothers and sisters in Christ and co-laborers in the mission. Because we've got a job to do. And when we do it together, it's way more fun. I'm a big, I'm a big teams person. Love teams. Because it's like, you know what? It's a party. <laughs> Everything you do can be a party. Because it's like you can have a really good time doing it. The Great Commission is a real thing for everyone. It's not just a cool idea. Right, why are we here? Why are we enduring this time, if not for a purpose? Are you faith-minded, aligning your life with God's truth? Or are you pulled away by what the world tries to offer? It's easy, it happens. Some of the stuff hits so close to home and we can get distracted. But God tells us obedience is better than sacrifice. Are you gospel-minded, using life circumstances to be salt and light? And that's easy to do when you just are a Christian and you're living your life, and it's not about thinking it through and setting up circumstances. And No, just be Christian. Just let God's Word speak to you, align yourself to it, and guess what? Just living life becomes normal and easy, and people go, oh, you know, they see Christ. Because the closer we get to Christ, the more we're going to act like Him, think like Him, behave like him. And then it's Christian living becomes something simple versus challenging. And I, you know again, I'm not talking about spiritualizing everything, but it's like there is an unsaved world that needs to hear about our Savior. And we have an opportunity. No pressure, but we have an opportunity to reach others for Christ. Final question here is, which of these attributes do you see in yourself and can be grown and developed? I'm trying to be guilt-free today. <laughs> like, I, hate, I hate having it come across like, you need the you need a, da, 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 da. but it's like, I'm sure these, one of these is part of your life already, probably all of them, but. But which one do you see that's like, ah? Oh, you know what, yeah, I could probably grow a little bit in this area. I could probably strengthen this a little bit more. Don't do it alone. Enlist the Lord and enlist a brother, or sister in Christ. Grow together. be together. Do together. It's a lot more fun. All right. Now you're probably thinking, "Wow, Dave, we're getting really late, and you usually have three points. I only have two today.) <laughs> um, but verses twenty-nine and thirty, it says, "For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me." You know, we've been enabled; we have been enabled through Christ to believe, and He lived it first. He gets it. That's the cool part: is Christ gets it. He had flesh on. He knows what it's like to be one of us. He gets it. And so it's like we have to remember that he knows what we're going through. He knows the crazy passions that we have. He knows the struggle of living in the flesh. And he also knows how to get beyond it. And it's like, you know, we always, you know, I remember having, the, you know, the cop, well, he was God. He's our life now. The life we now live is Christ in us. So we should be able to get beyond this in some way. Maybe not perfect. We have been enabled through Christ to suffer. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) It's like, it comes with it. You know, it's like, I I always laugh. I don't know about you. um, All of these drug ads, right? And then the interactions, and it's like... (laughs) These list and list of it, side effects. Well, this is one side effect of Christian life: is we're going to suffer. It's unfortunate, but it, I, you know, I, I see this as a very unique way for God to show the world through us that you can respond differently to stuff that goes down in your life. I think that's one way that all of a sudden people notice in a very real way. Because it's like we all have stuff that's going on. But we're going to have conflict with a few few situations. The first one is the world. We are going to have conflict with this world. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. There's a war going on, whether you see it or not, it's happening, and it's against us. So it's like, we are going to have conflict with the world. And I mean, you think about all the conflict Christ had because of the world around him. Now that life is in us, ergo, <laughs> we're going to be at odds with this world. So it's like, you know, when, we, when you're struggling with that, and it's like, you know, oh, I just want to have peace in this world, this is not the place we're in heaven, unbelievable peace. Right here, disruption. (laughs) It's just an automatic part of this life. And we just have to like, and some of that is just having the mindset, yeah, all right, we're going to have problems. We're going to have stuff. Don't be surprised by it. Because sometimes we think, you know, oh, I'm struggling. And, you know, the Jews used to say, oh, there's sin in your life. You must be doing something, you know, you're doing something wrong and God's punishing you. And uh, no, in this life, we are going to have trouble. John 16.33 says this. I, Jesus speaking, have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's the secret for us. In me you will have peace. In Christ you will have peace. And that's what kind of highlights, how come you're not all freaked out? How come you're not like going off the deep end with stuff? I have Jesus. What's that about? Opportunity to witness. Opportunity to be a testimony. Love it. 1 John 3.1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. See, that's the thing. Christ's life in us is in opposition to everything in this world we can't be surprised that we're going to get some pushback and it's okay but see here's the thing and I used to struggle with this big time especially when I witnessed you know the rejection (laughs) from the world it's like you feel like you're being rejected and in one way you are but it's really Christ the world does not want Christ in their life and that's where the rejection comes. And you've got to kind of develop your mindset of, hey, I'm just a messenger. Here's the message. This person doesn't want it. Wow, how can you let Christ go that way? Because of what he's done in my life. And it's, sometimes it's, it's hard to flip that switch, to, to realize that the rejection is Christ. It's not us. It feels like us, because we're the flesh right there. <laughs> but it's really Christ that's being rejected. But here's the thought. Romans 8:18 8, says for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. It's like this time here is but a blip. You're like, you don't know what my last week was like. It felt like eternity. <laughs> I get it. It feels that way a lot of times. But our time here is like a blip. And when we're with the Savior, all of this, I can't, I have a feeling it's just gonna like evaporate. I I could probably be completely wrong, but I just, I ponder what being in the Savior's presence is gonna feel like and be like, and how it's gonna really impact us. And all the cares, all the worries, you think about all the stuff that's gonna go away as a result of being in God's presence. I mean, cool stuff. Secondly, we're gonna have conflict with ourselves. And you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm already there every day, every morning, all the time. Let me just read a short passage to you out again, out of Romans. <laughs> Romans seven, seventeen to twenty. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells, in, dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do, I do not want, is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Paul must have been an interesting guy. <laughs> and somewhat frustrating. <laughs> Can you just say something straight, please? But that isn't doesn't that just capture the insanity of how we feel sometimes? It's like why is this thing an issue and why is this thing in my face and why does this keep happening? Because we're going to have conflict. And that conflict should lead us, point us up. And that's where God wants us to focus. Because it's like when this relationship is right, this relationship becomes far better. Not perfect, but far better. Thirdly, and this is the one that's really kind of like confusing, because it's like this should not be, but it is. We're going to have conflict with God. And again, Matthew 26, 39, it gives us an insight to that. It says, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And I think part of that is just this flesh that we live in is always going to be in conflict with God until it is glorified and changed. Christ was feeling that. And I think that's where he so relates to where we're at. Just the the weight of this world, the things that come upon us and how it impacts us, it's overwhelming. God gets it. We have to trust his plan. That's been around for a long, long time. And when we do, we can move forward in peace. We can move forward in grace. We can move forward in confidence. Then, boy, I don't, I, this doesn't feel, <laughs> but I know this is what God wants. And you can get to that place. And you can live in that place. Because Romans 8:28 says, "We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose." All things. I struggle with that a lot. All things, how do you, how, you know how does this? How does that? How does? But I trust it. All things. because that's what God said, and that's what He will do. and it may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, and it may be 10 years from now, but we have to trust Him. That's that faith filled living versus fear-filled living. So a few questions, and then we're almost done. How do you view the challenging circumstances in your life? We all have times when things are out of control. All of us, and I get it. But the key becomes, don't give up. And I think Walt said it last week or a couple weeks ago, you know, in those times when you feel like you want to isolate from the body, I'll tell you, in my experience, those are the very times that you need to show up here. Because God will show up, and God will encourage you, and God will do what you need. I mean, there are many a times, and you're like, uh-oh. Can this happen? You know, where I'm at home, and I'm like, I just don't want to go today. I don't want to be there today. I don't feel like this today. Yup. Yep. <laughs> And every single time that's happened in my life, God has used a situation and it's like, oh boy, I would have missed this and I would have lost out. Do you see the potential of handling conflict as a means to help others? And this is something I know from firsthand experience. God does not waste a hurt. He will use it. And not only that, he will use it for good somewhere, some way in your life when you are yielded to him and to talk about those things. Do you see the potential of handling conflict as a means to help others? Because when we walk with God, we can share our outcome and comfort with others in need. See, that's the thing. The world and the enemy wants to get us so isolated and it's like, usually the thoughts we have are, you're the only one. No one else deals with this. You're all on your own. How can you even say that? Oh my goodness, you're a Christian and this and you're a Christian and that and and our head goes. "Mm," Because the enemy wants to divide us. See, unity becomes a powerful thing. Unity becomes something in our life that It's like we know we are not alone, that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are behind us and backing us and with us. And we can trust and we can count on and we can go to. And that is a beautiful thing. And when the outside world even starts to see that, they're amazed. Because think about it. Think about where you're at with Christ and I think this is where, where we struggle sometimes. It's hard to think about what does the unsaved world without Christ kind of, how do they make it? How do they do it? I, I think it's sometimes, as a, you know, if you're a believer, it's hard to kind of put yourself there again. Because Christ lives in us and we're experiencing his presence and it's like, that just becomes normal. And so to, to kind of think back to when we didn't have Christ and how we felt and what that was like, that's hard. It's a challenge. All right. Bottom line. We can walk the fence and not kind of commit to either way. And you can choose to do that. God allows that. But you will be invisible to those around you. Because that's just how it works. It's just kind of on the fence. You're, you're just kind of you're there. If we choose what the world offers, we get further from God, reap what comes with that choice, and start reflecting more of the world in our life. And you have that freedom. God gives you that freedom. If we choose what God presents, we get closer to him, reap the benefits or what comes with that choice, and we reflect more of his attitudes, plus he becomes more visible. People can start to see him more. People can start to experience Christ at a greater level. Men, especially on Father's Day, I really want to highlight, we need you to lead in this battle. Because it's funny, my wife was reading something on the way home uh, from the wedding Just the impact when men lead in the church. It's exponential impact. Exponential. We need you to lead in this battle to institute biblical living attributes in your life. First, within the church. Secondly, within the environment we find ourselves living in every day. Our attitudes, our actions, our language, our interactions, our character. We have to think of the price that was paid for us to have this freedom. What Christ did for us. The incredible sacrifice. But with that comes power. See, I don't want to just guilt people into living a certain way. I want you to understand what Christ did and just compel yourself to just digest that and figure out how am i going to live in relationship to that we have been freed from the bondage of this world and think about the opportunity we have to equip others with that message all in with jesus what does the evidence show are you all in still on the fence wondering what all of this means if you're the first one stay strong in the fight I know it gets wearisome sometimes but there are brothers and sisters around us that can bolster us up and that's the whole one one is weak one is strong and it just it works are You still on the fence We pray, I pray that you see the blessing of being all in. It's worth it. And the third one, the last one is hey, you've come to the right place. We can take this. And again, this is the part that I appreciate. This way of life, this way of Christendom, it's not my opinion, it's not your opinion or your opinion or your opinion. It's God's truth, and this is what we align to. This becomes our focus, and he's the ultimate authority, not any one person, not any one thing. And so that's that unity of the spirit because we're all working toward this. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful. You are the ultimate father, and you have provided the ultimate way of reconciliation with you. Lord, sin had so destroyed an opportunity to live in your presence, and it has affected all of mankind. But you saw the way, and you provided that way for us to be reconciled to you, to know you, not only that, to live with you. And Lord, we pray that in this time we have the Lord, our lives will just not be a bunch of things we do. But, Lord, we'll truly live in such a way where you are our life. Where we can live out this time here in a way that is, you know, you, you say that your burden is light. Because you're carrying most of it. That we can get to that place with you in our relationship. So that we can truly enjoy all the benefits of Christian living and praise you for those things on a daily basis. We thank you, we praise you, and it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day. Have a great week. And we will see you next week.